Well, good morning. Uh, my name is JR. Uh, I'm one of the pastors at, at Crossroads, and I've had the privilege of also working with the youth and many of the youth leaders uh, here at Southside as we celebrate the partnership that we've had over this past year. And, you know, I just want to take a moment to say it's been, it's really been an incredible uh, prev- privilege uh, to work with Pastor Michael and, and Greg and, and every single one of the adult leaders here at Southside. Pastor John, thank you so much for uh, making this happen. And we're really excited about what God's doing uh, here on Wednesday nights. You know, Derek talked about it a little bit before, and it, but it's not just the numbers that get me fired up. Uh, if you come here on a Wednesday night, it's, it's really the energy that goes on every week here in this place. And, and kids aren't here because they have to be. Well, some probably are. But most of them, I believe, are actually here because they want to be. And for me, that, that's really exciting. And they keep coming, and they keep inviting their friends. And so it's been, it's been uh, really exciting to see what God's doing. We're excited to see where he's going to continue to take it. And so on behalf of everyone uh, from Crossroads, I'd just like to extend a huge thank you uh, to all the students, uh, the parents, the adult leaders, and, and the staff and the elder team here at Southside for your part uh, in making this transition so successful. So thank you. Thank you all. Uh, Pastor Michael asked me to come today and just share a little bit um, from my perspective about things that I see, challenges that are facing our youth and our kids and our teens today and in ways that you guys can come and encourage them. And to be honest, this is a little different for me. I'm used to having like a whole bunch of students like right here with their feet up on the stage and I'm usually sitting on a stool. And, and one thing that's weird for me as a youth pastor is when you're shorter than half of the youth that you actually get a chance to talk to. Um, so you guys can like feel free to talk back. That'll make me feel more comfortable. Um, The reality is, it's tough to be a teenager today. I know for some of you adults, you're like, whatever. You mean mean this entitled bunch that just sits on their cell phones? I mean, they have access and and opportunities to do things that we never had a chance to do. And and in a lot of ways, you're right. Um, But I'd argue that their challenge today is different. And Derek touched on it. I think, to me, in my estimation, one of the biggest challenges facing our kids and our youth today is, in fact, the influence of technology and popular media. You know, it's completely changed their social landscape. And it's obviously changed how they communicate to one another. Uh, The art of the personal conversation is gone, and it's been replaced with short picture messages or anything that you can communicate in 120 characters or less. And we're trying to teach kids what a phone call is, like that you can actually still call people and talk in real live voices over the phone. But that's just not it. It's also had some pretty severe consequences in other areas. Let me give you an example. Take bullying, for one. You know, at least when I was a teenager, like five years ago, um, (laughs) all right, so maybe a little longer than that. But, but at least when I was a teenager, if you wanted to bully me or you wanted to beat me up, you at least had to do it to my face. Now, kids can say anything they want about anyone they want to anyone else they want, and they can do it all behind the protection of, of a computer screen or a cell phone. And, I, and I'm telling you, I read some of these messages. Kids are mean. They can be really mean, and it can have huge impact on, on what a kid believes about themselves. So bullying is a big deal. Uh, also, they're exposed to things, inappropriate content that, that you and I were never really exposed to just as early as 15 years ago. They have, in many cases, unlimited access to things that we never had that easy of access to, even when they might not be looking for it. 
You know, this idea of sharing or sending inappropriate messages to one another is something that, that many of us in this room never really had to contend with. And now, maybe even most disturbing, we see these apps and these popular TV shows on Netflix that are actually essentially glorifying self-harm, and they're giving kids, like, step-by-step instruction on how to self-harm or how to take their own life. It's terrifying. It's terrifying the things that they encounter every single day. And they receive thousands of these messages every single day, and these messages are teaching these kids what, th- what they're supposed to live like, who they're supposed to be, how they should dress, how they should act, how they should talk, what's cool and what's not cool, what's right and what's wrong. And it's shaping their view of, of God. It's shaping their, their definition of sin, because the world likes, they don't like to call anything sin. Okay, it's shaping their view of, of, of themselves. And I don't think anyone would argue that these middle and high school years are absolutely critical for our kids and our youth in shaping their identity, shaping their, their values, shaping their convictions, and all we can do is hope and pray that they have these things in place so that when we send them off for college like we're doing today, that we've done a good enough job. But as they sort through every single one of these messages that they take in and all these different forms of of media and technology, there's two very, very important questions that fundamentally they're asking. And the questions are this. Number one, am I significant? And number two, am I safe? They'll never admit that they're asking these questions. They'll never talk about these questions. But these are the questions that they're searching for as they read through all of the things that they take in on a daily basis. And that's where you and I can help them. See, of all my years in youth ministry and and, and all my research that I've done, and and my wife's a a school psychologist, so all my uh, interactions with her, if you look at every student, what every child needs fundamentally boils down to those two things. They need to know that they're significant. They need to know that, that they have value, that they matter, that they're loved and that they're cared for by people in addition to mom and dad. But they also, there's plenty of people that know that they're loved and valued. In fact, some of our students know they're a little too loved. They love themselves a little too much. So, but they need to know that they're significant, but they also need to understand that they're secure. And what I mean by that is they, they need to understand where their boundaries are. They need discipline. They need structure. Secret. They want it. I know for those of you who have teenagers, like, not my kids, and I understand. They're going to push back against it, but fundamentally, they want to know where their boundaries are. Because when they know what they can and can't do, when they know what they can get away with and what they can't, it actually makes them feel protected, and it makes them feel safe. And when we find students whose lives really start to come unraveled, it's when one, or in worst case, both of those things are missing. See, when a student doesn't believe that they have value and they feel insignificant, they're going to chase that value or that approval from anyone or anything who will provide it for them. And at the same time, when they don't feel secure, when there's no structure, and they live a life where anything goes, then their natural tendency is going to be to chase every desire that they have, and they're going to hard and and strongly push back against anything who tries to tell them that they can't have the things that they want. And when both are missing, when a student feels insignificant and unsafe, that's when we see results that can be absolutely devastating. You see, in those cases, they don't know how to deal with loss. 
they don't know how to deal with and they don't know how to work through rejection. And the results can be devastating. Uh, according to the U.S. National Institute of Health and Psychology, uh, one in five females today and one in seven males are engaging in self-harm to some degree, up to and including suicide. One in five females and, and one in seven males, and 90% of those are teenagers. 90%. So how can we help them? Well, it's easy in theory. It's harder to do in actuality. We need to help them understand that they are, in fact, significant. But we also need to help them understand that they are, in fact, secure and safe. And to do that, as the church, we need to point them to the one and only person who is the true source of their very significance and their value and, and who puts rules and boundaries in place for their benefit. And that's one of the primary things that we push for in Russian and youth ministry in here at Southside and, and Crossroads. See, we want students to first understand how much they matter to the God who created them. A God that loves them enough to, to, to create them, but then send his son to die on a cross for them. That that's how much he loves them, and that their value is based on that. They were born with that value, that value is permanent, and that value can never be taken away from them. Their value is not determined by whether they're good-looking or not, or whether they're athletic or not, or, or get good grades or not. It, that their value comes from the God who created them and died on, to save them. But we also want them to understand that they're secure, that this same God values them so much that he puts boundaries in place for them. He puts adults like you and I, moms and dads and youth leaders and aunts and uncles, and he puts those people in place for their protection. That God's not just trying to steal all their fun or prevent them from doing anything they want, but that he loves them so much that he puts boundaries and restrictions in place for them. That he's on their side. See, every single teenager I've ever met, in fact, every adult as well, is asking these same fundamental questions. Do I matter? Do I really have value? And how should I live? And what's my purpose? And everything they need is right here in God's word. But they need people like you and I to, to teach it to them, to reinforce, the, reinforce it for them, and to model it for them. You know, I don't know every student here. I, in fact, I don't even know every graduating senior here today, but I've had the privilege to get to know some of them uh, over the past couple months. And uh, let me just tell you, th there's some incredible students here which means there's some incredible parents who've done a really good job, and this, there's some incredible leaders in this church that have done a really good job uh, building into them. But if you don't know some of these students, I'd encourage you to get to know them. You know, I think oftentimes, uh, I see a lot of times for adults that either don't have teenagers or they don't work with teenagers, that their natural tendency is to kind of avoid them. And I talk to them, and it's, yeah, no, it's true. And, and I ask them, I'm like, what's the deal? And they're like, well, it's not, it's not that I don't like teenagers, I just don't understand them. Well, I'm like, well, go talk to their parents or talk to us. We don't understand them either. I, I mean, half the time, they, they don't understand themselves. But I think that's what we can do. We can, we can get to know them. Spend time with them. Ask them what's, what's exciting for them. Encourage them. And I have two very young kids. I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. And I know, even at that age, that when any other, even older student or adult says something encouraging to one of my kids, it means the absolute world to them because it's not coming from mom and dad. Model Jesus for them. Show them what it looks like to live a life of significance 
insecurity and share with them some of your own shortcomings. I'll tell you this. They respond very well to authenticity. When you're genuine about some struggles that you've had and mistakes that you've made and and how God's worked through those things, they respond incredibly well to that. Psalm 78.4 says, We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and, and the wonders he has done. See, what our youth and our students need today is hope. They need hope. They need to understand the life-changing power of the gospel and how it, af- how it affects every single area of their life. But in order for us to give them that hope, we must, have, we must have it first. They need to be reinforced with the life-changing power of the gospel, like us, all the time. See, they have enough influence trying to pull them away from Jesus. They need more people like you and I pointing them toward him. These students, I believe, the next generation, these students that are graduating, the students coming up behind them, are one of the most important investments we can make as a church. I mean, some of you parents and some of you volunteers in here have been investing in these kids alone for 18 years. And yet statistics would tell us that more than half of them, in fact, most statistics say 75%, will leave home and they'll leave their faith with them. And I don't know about you, but if you're a volunteer that's been building into them since they were born, or if you're a parent that's been investing in your child since they were 18, I'm not okay with 50% leaving. And I think our job is to continue to fight for them and fight with them so that we keep all 100%. So, that's my challenge. Invest in them. They're not scary. You might have to text them because they don't know how to answer the phone. But invest in them. Spend time with them. When these guys go away, make a note to just text them or call them once a month and let them know that you're thinking about them, that you're praying for them, and that you're here for them. And them just knowing that the church that they grew up in is behind them can go a long way in helping them understand their significance and their security.